What up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am so amped to be here for the introduction of the Woke Wogs podcast. After, yeah, really looking into some other individuals who are doing great things in this space, I realized that due to me being the resident wog that's going to be building a relationship with all of my listeners and and hopeful supporters, I thought it ripe for me to, yeah, kick in, whatever that means, and let you guys know a little bit about me, uh, where I'm from, my background, of course, just so we can feel a little bit more connected before we go on this journey that I really don't even know where it's going to end up. So thank you for your ears and let's kick in. My name is Jara Volpe. And I guess where I'll start is that I was born into a enthusiastic, dramatic, ecstatic, and very boisterous Italian family. Now, I'm Italian-Australian, and that is not lost on me. Definitely, I'm I'm an Oswog, if I can put it simply. Uh, But growing up in a place with so much noise, so much energy, it really came to a point where if I didn't speak, I wouldn't get heard. And I didn't really look back after that. And so through my teen, through my young adulthood, like talking was just the way that I did everything. I could talk my way in and out of trouble. I used to literally get past at school because the teachers would feel so connected to me that they would understand the stories that I told them to get through. So it's safe to say that this, this gab uh, was somewhat of a gift, but also a curse in that sense, because I believe I didn't follow a lot of things because of the skills that I didn't gather because I was able to walk, or should I say talk, my way through it. Okay, so that's a little bit about the start of things, but what does talking do? Well, like any WOG's hero's journey, I decided to become a salesperson. It made sense, and so I embarked on this venture of selling all things unnecessary. I'm talking toasters, I'm talking phones, I'm talking electricity, banking, all the rest. And I was I was good at it. I was really good at it. And after really hitting the peak or whatever that storyline was, I started to feel just empty. I loved people, but I really didn't care about toasters or the flat screen TV that I was selling you at the good guys. And so I continued on this wog hero's journey and was like, you know what? Coffee is everything in my life. I wake up to it. I was even at that point sleeping to it because that's what us Italians do. We have short blacks at night after dinner. And I started working at a very energetic cafe. Uh, I look back at it now and I hope this word lands on you, but it was definitely a fuckboy academy. It was a bunch of 20-year-olds with tats and ways of going about life that were very slick, but also going really nowhere but a good time. And really just like connected with this group of individuals serving vibes uh, 6am to 4pm and then clocking into the night session as we always would. I was met with this feeling of real connection to people, really using my gift of the gab to talk my way in to this epic place that I was working at. And through at that experience, I gained so much love and connection for the people that I was working with, but also ability to make people feel right at home. And eventually I got to an understanding that even though I was really good at making everyone else feel comfortable, I didn't really know how to make myself feel comfortable. There was a burning desire to be something more than what I was. And it was a true feeling of like, who the fuck is Jaravolpi? And so 
because I didn't feel like I knew myself, I thought I'd do the classic anyone's fucking hero's journey <laughs> and embark on a one-way ticket to go find out who I am outside of my natural habitat. And so a one-way ticket to Cambodia, working for an epic, uh, an awesome initiative called Project Gen Z uh, with my older brother and his partner at the time, who's now my sister-in-law, shout out Liz Volpe, uh, to go and work with with orphans and give them an opportunity to to dream big. It wasn't just about giving them access to clean clean water, uh, food and whatnot. It was giving them access to role models so they could go out there and become whoever they wanted to be and not be limited by their circumstance. I then stepped in to Southeast Asia and got lost on many motorbike rides chasing sunsets. Of course, that had its limit. And I realized that working at that, that orphanage for that couple of weeks, it really gave me something. It gave me an understanding of how beautiful the gift of giving is. And serendipitously, I found myself in a very similar situation working with orphans at this oh, this beautiful place in Thailand. And yeah, like, you know, I, I think I need to say this and it needs to be known that being, being someone uh, from a foreign country working in an orphanage can be counterproductive. Sometimes people go in there, they get the photos, they feel like they've done something great. And then they leave and these beautiful children feel that somebody has just left them. And upon learning this, I really made a commitment. I said, no, no, no I'm going to stay here with these, with these kids. They need me. They need my energy. And so this gift of the gab, if you will, it turned into being this performer of sorts. We used to get there and I used to put machine gun sounds on with my voice. I would do like movie trailers with them, like one man here in Thailand. And they would lose it laughing, even though they didn't speak English. And I really became somebody to them. And I really felt so much of myself. I felt the kid in me feel so electrified. And I realized that it wasn't even what I was saying. They just, yeah, those kids just loved me. And that was something that, that felt really real for me. I realized that it wasn't what I was saying. It was how I was being. And that was enough. And I really found this, this sense of like, oh, I'm really doing something. I'm really helping these, these kids. I'm giving them something. And it was only after two, two and a bit months that I realized that I wasn't actually helping them. They were helping me. They were helping me find out what it is that I wanted to give to the world, which is love, affection, and energy. But also I realized that I was the actual orphan in this situation and that they were teaching me how to be. Yeah, it was, yeah, I still remember the day that Wei, who was one of the girls there, as I was leaving, she gave me this ring that I'm wearing right now. And, you know, she said, I love you. And that's what it also said on the ring. So cute. And, yeah, it was, it was just such a moment for me that, that I got so much more than I put in. You know, this, this trip had a profound effect on me. And I came back. Something felt different. You know, I tried to put on the old suit that I was wearing of the salesperson. But there was a limit to how far I could go there. It didn't feel that that's where my energy was meant to be. I didn't feel like I was meant to be convincing people into a product. I felt like I was meant to be helping people understand themselves. And through the universe's serendipitous ways, I got a gift uh, through a dear friend of mine who told me to go for this job at the Man Cave. Now, if you don't know what the Man Cave is, it's a phenomenal organization that helps the younger generation, specifically young boys, with tools to better their mental health and truly 
break the mold of the stereotype and not to throw out all things for the stereotype, but to let them know that there is such a bigger space to live into and not let that stifling way of being make them, make us as a demographic live into those saddening statistics that we know too, we know too truly today. And so I got the job, <laughs> 100% I got the job. I really lent into it and really understood what, what, it, what I could give to the place, what I could give to the younger versions of myself and facilitation, which if you don't know what that word means, it means someone that makes a process easy to do. That's all facilitation is. Everyone's a facilitator in their own right. And I found out that the facilitator that I was, was a man that was there to help people talk about themselves easily, the deepest parts, the most difficult things, but also the things that make them smile. And so this tool of talking talked me all the way there. And beyond that, I ended up sort of understanding that, you know, the parties, the gatherings that I was going to needed somebody on the mic to ignite that sense of connection. And so emceeing and facilitating moments to remember, such as fundraisers, parties, you friggin' name it, has also become another thing that I love to give, not just to my community, but to anyone that wants to elevate their experience that they're wanting to put on for the guests and audiences that they're wanting to connect with. It's so awesome to give my craft, which is purely connecting people to those that are around them and themselves, to all these different ways that we can do that, whether it's an event or whether it's with 40 teenage boys in a classroom. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's who I am. And you're probably sitting there going, all right, cool story, bro, but why, why are you doing this podcast? Well, oh, I'll be honest, and I'm sure you can relate to what I'm about to say, but I kept having some sick conversations with dear friends of mine, that conversation where you are so on the same page and you're finishing each other's sentences and you're just stacking on this wealth of knowledge and experience and wonder and dreams and feels absolutely complete. And your mate turns to you and you both say, bro, we, we could have recorded that. Dude, we should have recorded that. And when I'd say those things, I'd realize that not long after, a thought would come in, yeah, but who are you? Why? <laughs> Why would anyone want to listen to you? You're not a person of interest. And so I felt stifled because of that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do another podcast just like everyone else. And then I sat there and I'm like, well, wait a minute. What makes anyone a person of interest? Like seriously, what makes you, me, anybody a person of interest? Like those people that are a person of interest, weren't they also a person that wasn't of interest until they continued doing what they were doing and saying what they were saying until they became of interest because they got so good at doing it? Shit, man, I'm just putting myself down like I did in high school when I wasn't willing to do the things that I was struggling with. So I talked my way around it. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's the minute? <laughs> I talk. That's what I do. This is what I've been doing more than, more than freaking most, like talking to everybody that I see and connect with them and understanding their stories far out. Like if that's what a podcast is about, dude, I've got the resume. Sign me up. Obviously, that was just a little conversation to myself, but. I started going, cool, I want to do this, yeah, but naturally, uh, okay, how do I do this? And I started speaking to some other legends within my space and everyone's like, dude, you need a niche. Like why, it's not about who you are, but it's what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, okay, well, who am I? Uh, my name's Jarrah Volpe, I'm 5'11", and holy shit, I'm a wog. Look at me right now, look at me. And if you can't, if you're not watching the clip that I'm filming this on, I am literally dressed in the Italian colours. And growing up in in a in a culture like that has given me 
every ability that I have. It's given me the want to give. It's given me this understanding of how I want to be and, and the beauty of family. And so, yeah, okay, cool, I'm a wog. Okay, great, tick, that's another box. But what is so good about that? And I go, well, okay, well, there's a beautiful, beautiful cultural uh, reality that is being a wog. And it's so massive within Melbourne and, and all around Australia. And, and in saying that, I want to say to anyone that's listened to this from overseas, where this word is still used as a derogatory term, I want to apologize for the impact that word may have on you. My dad, it was used in the same way towards him. And that generation went through a reclamation of owning that word and what it means to them. And so I very proudly get to call myself that because when my dad chose to, it was a change of the way that he saw it and a way that he saw himself. So yeah, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the people in my community that are wogs. And when I connect with them, I feel so understood by them. I'm like, oh, well, okay, wogs, sick, but far out. One thing that I've also realized within my community, the wogs that are doing some epic things that have woken up to what they want to give to the world and how they want to add to it. And I'm like, okay, great. All right, so I want to highlight these people. I want to be the person that makes people of interest. I want to make the people in my community that inspire me people of interest. I want to give them the opportunity to share their stories so they can be influenced by themselves and those that listen to it, step out of their own way and go, it's not Joe Rogan telling you to do someone or Tim Ferriss to do someone. That was weird, to do something. It's freaking Aldo your next door's concrete garden who has some wisdom for you. And if he can do it, you can do it too. Oh my God, this is cute. <laughs> and then I also was like, dude, like I just saw the the, the merging of a, a title and I love coming up with names and I'm like, Wogs love to take the piss out of themselves. So why don't I take the piss out of me doing this and call this thing Woke Wogs? Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. And it's a dope name. And I know it also may bring up for people like, oh, dude, woke culture, it's destroying everything, it's cancelling everything. Isn't that PC? Now, look, I don't disagree with everything you're saying, but the way I want to use the term is for one, as a piss tank. For two, I don't want it to be at any means that I am smarter than you or anyone that I'm interviewing deems themselves woke and in the toxic way of spiritual bypassing or feeling that they're above anyone because they're so aware of everyone except themselves. Now, nah, woke in the term that people are growing in awareness of who they are and what they want to give to the world. And also growing in the awareness of the different perspectives that can get us through difficult times. That's how the word woke resonates with me and how I want it to resonate with you in this podcast. And I hope that this understanding that I want to elevate these people of interest really gives you an encouragement to think about the people in your life that are of interest. If we knock on our neighbors next door, they might have the answer to our question or the butter that we need to butter our bread. That if we reach out to that mate that just opened a cafe, he's probably going to know how to open a business and you guys can skill share in that sort of way. Woke Wogs is about building reachable and relatable role models and inspiring you to do what you want to do in the world whilst celebrating the very interesting, enthusiastic and dramatic culture that is being a wog here in Melbourne streets and all around Australia. Beyond that as well, it's, it, yeah, it's about me giving something a go. And that's, what could be more Australian than that, you know? <laughs> Getting out there and not just trying to be somebody, but trying to be myself. And so I really want everyone to join me on this journey as I start to learn by doing. And as I start to work it out, I know that the easiest way to go is when everyone is telling you to. And so I invite you, I invite you to come on with this journey, you know, give me, Give me your reviews. Let me know how I could do this better. 
how I can be bad and get better at being good. And, and yeah, of course, like I'm open to understanding wogs in your community, people that share that similar background that we can celebrate, laugh at, but then also understand what it's given us to do the things that we're doing now. And so that's what it looks like. And so I'm so excited to have whoever you are listening to this here with me on this journey. Of course, the way that you can support it is not just reviewing, but it's liking it, it's subscribing to it, and it's sharing with your mates that think we'll get a kick out of it. And so I can't wait. I uh, thank you for listening to my little uh, elevator pitch about who I am and what I'm here to do. And yeah, man, I guess I will see you or you will listen to me on the next episode. Yeah, I love you. I don't know how to finish these things, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs>